Last time on Video Night. What are you talking about? <laughs> and now. Video Night. Hey, Michael. Hello, Andrew. How are you? I've got a milkshake in honor of today's wow. uh, episode, which is cold. So you want to be colder than you are the Surprisingly, you know, last week it was really cold here. Yesterday was kind of gloomy, but it's humid and the humidity still kind of traps the heat here. So, and today was a little bit like yesterday. So yeah, I, I wanted to be a little cold, so I got myself a peanut butter chocolate melt. What's up with you? Well, lucky you, little boy, because it's cold up here. It's cold uh, actually where I live too, so. Where are you? you know. What's going on? Uh, well, I was planning on traveling down to visit you, surprise you, and, uh, well, there was a, there was a crash. We are stuck on top of a mountain. I have no idea where in the hell we are. I feel like we're completely in the middle of nowhere. Wait, how are you traveling? And, uh, by what? Helicopter. Don't ask. Okay. It's just cheaper. It's cheaper. I'm going to hop from helicopter to helicopter. All right. And, uh, um, well, frankly, it's all run by uh, retired rodeo clowns. So I think all those head injuries got to them, and I don't even think I'm anywhere near Texas. Because it sure looks like I'm on top of a mountain. Hmm. Snow? Covered in snow. Snow covered? Just, uh, yeah. So I don't know how long we're going to be up here, but, uh, it's, uh, looks like it's been forever, but, um, um, I want to say this, that, uh, well, we ate Stan. Stan was the pilot. Probably should have chosen someone else. How long have you been up there? I, I don't know, what, three hours? <laughs> so you, know, you, you got immediately hungry and ate the pilot. Well, okay, so you know it's a helicopter. We're not going to have a lot of food. It's not really planned. This is like, oh, well, you just wait till you get to the next. Nobody one. had Guess any what? jerky. Doesn't have any food. No jerky. No nuts. Nothing. Just you know, Stan over there, hmm. dried out, and he'll be jerky soon. So he was a sinewy love, old though. Vietnam vet rodeo clown. Maybe, maybe I didn't ask him. I'm not going to just like. You know, he wore a, a red nose, and I was just like, what the hell's up with that? Don't you know I'm afraid of clowns? He's like, relax, I'm a rodeo clown. I didn't, add, I didn't go any further. You know, I don't know look, if he's a Vietnam I think a big problem is that you hired a rodeo clown to fly a helicopter. I mean, that might be why there's turbulence, you know? Maybe, but it's, it's more affordable. I am a podcaster. We don't make any money doing this. I gotta cut my rate. <laughs> also, why I didn't bring any protein bars or anything. I knew I wouldn't be having any food. I might have purposely wrecked the helicopter because I love human meat. Uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> many, many reasons. Oh, we're recording this right now. We're incriminating ourselves. Oh, crap. Um, well, there's four of us still alive. So um, that's 50% of the people who started off on this trip. Maybe you should uh, start looking to see if there's like a road nearby. Are you near any area that might have like a mountain road or anything? What? I'm sorry. I, uh, I'm looking over at Gary. Yeah, Gary, you just keep lifting all that heavy equipment. See if we can salvage any of it. <laughs> you just keep getting stronger, buddy. Hey, is that soy sauce? All right. Hey, guys. Stop looking at me like that. I don't, I'm getting really uncomfortable. Stop. Right, does Apparently does he look uh, like a chicken leg or something? No, no, he sounds like Ray Romano. <laughs> does he look like a ham hawk? How can you be that I'm hungry that quick, images. dude? It's just been three hours. That was the three longest hours. It's hey, like, look, uh... Let's, let's take your mind off what? of this and let's talk about the movies. Alright, uh, of course, we, we had to talk about winter movies while I'm stuck on a mountain. Right. Could have talked about jungle movies or island movies, could you? No. No. So, uh, what's on your mind? Not food. Movies. Food. Food. No. Movies. And all right, let's let's try to distract myself. I'm uh, I have to get away from all hey, this. Hey, you should I'm you should keep walking. Walk. You should walk and then just, talk. Walk yeah, and yeah, talk. Just, walk we'll walk this off. We'll talk about this, and uh, hopefully I can distract myself enough till we find a way out of here. I probably shouldn't have thrown away all those flare guns. I, I mean, well, you needed the flare to cook the meat. 
So, <laughs> short-sighted. Short-sighted. I didn't know it wasn't going to work. Oh, gosh. Okay, let's see. What were we going to talk about? Vertical limit. Twenty-six thousand feet high. On a rescue mission, you do exactly as I say. Forty degrees below zero. Or you think it's suicide? Twenty-two hours to live. If we just leave him up there. What do you call that? Discover the price of survival. Vertical limit. Vertical limit is the first of the four winter survival movies. Yeah, it is. And at first, I didn't really understand why you wanted to pick this one, other than, you know, it's I know, set on a mountain. I know, I pushed hard on this one, didn't I? <laughs> and I'll say this at the beginning, so that you get it out of the way. I don't like PM Entertainment movies. What does that have to do with this? PM Entertainment movies are the lowest of low budget, wall-to-wall action. Well, no, no, no. Roger Corman is the lowest of low budget. Well, no, they, they were, uh, earlier on, okay, in their first five years, they were, like, super scraping the bottom of the barrel. The thing that they did was throw in wall-to-wall action, like, every seven minutes, I think, they had to have an action beat. And they were insane, but not well done, I think. The setup, stunt setups were very audacious. But the movies themselves were terrible. But this movie, Vertical Limit, reminded me of that story beat or action beat theory. Because it's about every every 10 minutes or so, there's tension and action beats that happen throughout the story. Yeah, it, well, it's kind of like a cliffhanger. It's, uh, well, it's like the movie Cliffhanger, but also like the genre known as Cliffhangers, which is long dead. It's the Indiana Jones rule, you know, just every 10 minutes there's got to be a build-up and a payoff and then start over again. Yeah, but as I was watching, I wasn't thinking Indiana Jones. I literally was thinking PM, but PM does it, like, without finesse. This has a lot of finesse to it. It's, who is it, Martin Campbell? Yeah, you know, you I discussed PM Entertainment after this, and you're right, every single one of the movies, even kind of like what you consider their higher-end ones, ones that probably cost like $3 million, flat just absolutely flat no directorial style in any way martin campbell has a very meat and potatoes way of making a movie but a very very like you know if wolfgang puck made meat and potatoes this is a kind you know yeah, it looks it's, fantastic it's highly functional it's, style of filmmaking i know this is 2000 so there's a somewhat clunkiness in special effects compositing when they're climbing a mountain and you see the rock face and it really does look like a man-made rock face and they pull out from it and it's married to a aerial shot of like the helicopter shooting the side of an actual rock face i mean you can kind of tell it's the year 2000 yeah i didn't get it perfect well yeah i think it's to save money honestly cliffhanger was very very expensive and it's all shot on location only problem is it's just it's a torturous production a lot of times to do the without the special effects. To do it for real has got to cost a fortune. You put your cast in serious danger, especially since the stunts are very elevated comparatively to Cliffhanger. Right. So this story ends up becoming a sort of a whodunit, which you don't expect until about halfway through. You start realizing that it's a whodunit, and the case is a very rich millionaire billionaire guy wants to get on top of this mountain that he tried to get on top of before but he couldn't and his crew that he went with ended up dying he was the only survivor but there's a man scott glenn that's bill paxton scott glenn thinks that his wife scott glenn's wife who was one of the guides died you know foul play mm-hmm. so he's where the that murder mystery comes in but in the meantime he wants to get up to the top of the mountain this time because he has an airline not a helicopter service but 
airline service that is fledgling and is going to fly directly over and he wants to wave at the plane. It's a publicity stunt. It's our child. <laughs> it is. That's interesting. That's the hubris of a billionaire. Like, they do things that are completely yeah. unnecessary, and we can do it at the cost of everybody else but me. It unfolds in which uh, Bill Paxton's character, yes, it, he does seem to be a villain in the story. Kind of the tip. But it takes a while yeah. to get to... Like you said, it's a mystery. It's a mystery, though, hidden under all of the spectacle. There's two different movies going on at once. Yeah. There's the huge, like... It's almost a disaster film at times. And, uh, like, um, well, because of the avalanche works. and Yeah, but that's only one small part of it. But, you know, it's just like one of those high adventure kind of... It feels like an older movie. If you think about it, it feels like one of those uh, old style, like if Gregory Peck was going to climb a mountain. Like you know, the, that kind the of, poster would have little squares at the bottom of the big painted image. And those little squares would have the faces of the actors. Right. You know, like Michael Caine, Gregory Peck, Sidney Poitier. And a Dino De Laurentiis production. <laughs> Ernest Borgnine would have all these names. And this one has actually a lot of Australian actors in it. It has one of our more rising Australian actors. Should have been gone after all that. See, that's the only place I can uh, sing it is on a mountain when no one else is around to judge me. And if they do, I guess I'm going to eat them so I can sing as badly as I want. I don't get false on singing how people do it. Um, hey, you, man, you might not want to do that because of the avalanches. Uh, right. I mean, uh, it is, it not is the avalanches. The avalanches is a good DJ group from Down Under. <laughs> They're good. But you might not want to do that because of the echoes and all that noise causing avalanches. That's cool, but... At the same time, when this is all said and done, I kind of want to hide the evidence, if you mm. know what I mean. Okay, okay, I see, I see. Um, I'm not complicit, don't do that. Ben Mendelsohn, that guy. Yeah, Ben Mendelsohn. The guy role. probably smarter than me who would have thought to leave a trail back <laughs> to where he started. I have no idea how to get back. Well, he plays one of two brothers, so and now those brothers would be very problematic, and I don't think that they would be written into the story the way that they were, very sexist and whatever, but uh-huh. they kind of have somewhat of a redemptive storyline, somewhat. You know, you got to do that before you kill him. The scrappy... Right, right, right. Oh, spoiler. They, this movie does hit all of the cliches of the 70s disaster film. It really does. Um, and even the, the early 90s, or when was it? Uh, oh, the Twister, you know, that started off the disaster films. Because I guess that was the 96, so not early 90s. Yeah. But it does seem a little cliche with the beats. Like, you know pretty much what's going to happen, who's going to live, who's going to die. But damn it, it's entertaining. It's so Look, exciting. Again, I was like, Crystal why are you making me watch this? Why? Well, oh. Why? Because, because huh? it's entertaining. And it did entertain me. Entertaining I was yes. like, you know, I don't remember if i fully saw this entire thing long ago and watched it again and i was like begrudgingly doing it not totally i'm not a jerk about everything but i was just like why why oh because it's it's entertaining it's entertainment yeah and this is a movie that's very easy to find it's one of those budget titles that was licensed out to mill creek you can find it all sorts of sets i think it's about to come out on a blu-ray with uh swat stealth and Last Action Hero and, like, four other, like, low-budget wow. movies, like Blind Fury and so on. That's, like, nothing. So the cast is Robin Tooney, Chris O'Donnell, and Bill Paxton. I forget this Australian guy. He is um, uh, Longmire. There's that dude who's in all the Canadian stuff. You know, he's always on, like, X-Files. Crycheck. And uh, that John Crycheck, yeah. Show. What? He played Crycheck in X-Files. I don't remember. Okay. But, yes, he's a Canadian actor. He played Crycheck. If you watch X-Files, you know. If you watch The Myth. Yeah, and, and, and one of the actors episodes. is from, I want to say Voyager or Deep Space Nine? Voyager. Yeah. I never watched those. I, I know it sounds 
terrible. I should just hand in my nerd card, but I didn't watch anything after Next Generation. And one of the Bond women is on here. Right, Isabella Skorupko, also from GoldenEye, which is directed by Martin Campbell. And though she is... uh, somewhat a victim of sexual harassment she she's like tough as nails in this and it's not unrealistically portrayed as tough as nails she's she's a pretty solid character actually one of the better written there's two major yeah. female characters and she's the better written one robin scene... is the lesser of the two yeah I, her scene where she's hey uh, you know she's sliding off that mountain really fast and she's got to like grip on you know she's trying to climb her way back up i was like that's a hell of a scene hey watch your step uh what poop is there poop up here no Goat you're poop? like on a cliff don't ask me how I know. Jack Poop? But Look, you're about to... are you watching me on a drone? Do you know where I am? Oh, oh, it's because I hit my camera on my phone. Yeah. Hey, wait a minute. This whole time I could have called the cops. What the hell is wrong with me? I'm so stupid I could have asked for help. But we already ate a couple people. So... <laughs> uh, I'm sorry I'm laughing. Typical I think it's choice. nervous laughter. <laughs> I'm nervous for you. Keep, keep walking. Do you see any roads or anything? No, no, not really. Just, um, oh, wait. Um, yeah, actually, hold on a second. I, I have to get down a little bit further to see this, but let's just keep talking about the movie. I see something. I feel like, I feel like there's like a snow drift coming in, so you might want to watch out. It's, it's like a whitewash, which is the title of the next film. You have to understand something. I'm not a bad guy. I did a good thing. Perhaps the best thing. That's what he wanted, right? Let me thank you for everything. No, I wouldn't say I knew him well. Would you mind if I crash here again tonight? It's cool. I wouldn't consider myself to be a close friend, no. I need to ask you something. I need some cash. What are you doing? Life can turn on a dime. One day, you're married and happy, and the next day, you're alone. You know, they say every guilty person is his own hangman. They also say, tomorrow, will be a better day. You know what I say? God damn, it's freezing. Whitewash is kind of like the exact opposite of Vertical Limit, whereas it's really self-contained, a small cast, no real action sequences, all the action is character and dialogue based. That sounds boring to a lot of you, but it can work with the right director. And this is another one where I was like, Michael suggested this one? Weird. <laughs> Especially since I mentioned PM Entertainment, and I know I, I give you grief about it. I know you don't watch PM Entertainment exclusively, and you hardly ever do anymore. But but no, I liked That was a thing that was, I think it was like always on USA Up All Night. And whenever you get those, uh, you know, free weekends with HBO, and then they like keep all the good movies uh, <laughs> off, off the channel, we, which is the exact opposite of what they should do, because um, if you want people to sign up for the channel, don't take away the good movies and give us just, oh, great, another Lorenzo Lamas movie. All right. That's really funny. Great. Night of the Warrior. Yeah, so so I, I razz you about it, just because I like to razz p.m. and I, Dude, I like you razzed me on everything no. my mouth was on fire at lunch not that long ago and you're just like wow wow baby wants a baby a bottle when i've been taking nappy poop and i'm like someone poured lava in my mouth <laughs> michael guumpy does he need a nap in his baba That's... they called it monster sauce i didn't realize it was gonna be a like, like godzilla's breath <laughs> yeah but you know what that's actually maybe why they called it that right right well, I'm going to have a monster poop later. Oh, 
Thanks. Uh, maybe it'll Fire keep, maybe it'll keep you warm if you need it. You know. Yeah. Like uh, makes. Well, I mean, I don't know. If I'm gonna wipe my butt without it here. I mean, just clumpy snow, maybe, and you'd frostbite. Oh my, took us. <laughs> okay. But I'll leave a trail. I'll know how to get back. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> so gross. So gross. I'm sorry. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> that that was a tangent. Let's get back on <laughs> on track here. Uh, so Thomas Hayden Church is this guy who uh, we learned had his license revoked for driving his snowplow while drunk, but he still has access to a snowplow. And at the beginning of the movie, this is not like a flashback about it. He hits a dude seemingly accidentally. And then he's like, oh crap, I hit this dude. And then he takes a snowplow and buries him in the snow and freaks out, drives off into the wilderness and crashes into a tree. Can't get his snowplow to back up, so he just kind of hangs out there for the rest of the movie. (laughs) Basically, it's his new home. It's uh, much lower rent. Here's the weird thing. is the whole time he has a house he could go to. It's basically watching this character become his own... uh, Warden? uh, Yeah, basically. I mean, he... Nobody knows what's going on. He thinks they know. He's paranoid they know. And he causes a situation for himself for the most part. Everything that goes wrong in this movie is basically because uh, stupid choices on his part. And the first one being drunk. Was he drunk at the time he crashed his machine? Maybe or maybe not. He does say, like, they can't They can't know how many beers I had. I only had three beers. They can't know. It's been too long. Nah, I wasn't drunk. No, I wasn't drunk. He talks himself out of yeah. the facts. But the very first thing that he does wrong, which is right, he does a right thing. He does a good thing. He stops a man from killing himself. The guy is... Yeah. Oh, by the way, we should say, the story is out of order. Yeah, it's it, You're shocking. getting two parts of the story at once. You're getting the aftermath and what led up to that mm-hmm. mixed in. Right. So he stops this guy from killing himself. That guy's in his car and he has a tube from his exhaust up into the window and he's trying to kill himself with his car on. And he stops him from doing that. And then he talks to the guy, and then he befriends the guy. And then that guy becomes a parasite on his life. To the point of the viewer's frustration. Everybody's frustration. Well, it it also, it takes a while to get to the point where it answers the question of, huh, did he do it on purpose? Is this truly an accident? No, it never, never answers the question. Which is what's great right, about Right, it's kind this. of up to you to kind of put the pieces together, but even afterwards, it's still like, no, it's still ambiguous. So. It's really, because he asks himself the question, he's like, and he says, I don't even know if I did this on purpose or not. Because he is, of course, probably, it seems like what we're seeing, uh, even though we're, it's not presented as him thinking about it, what we're seeing is more like him going over the events that happened to get him to where he is but he does venture into town and he gets supplies and he brings them back he gets gas and he brings it back at one point he burns the plow to bits but it still runs eventually he um treks up to somebody's house to steal their snowshoes and then he gets gets stuck in their shed because they came home early it's a very interesting movie and i'm surprised in a pleasant way that you suggested it slow descent into madness and there's things that he does like okay so the scene where he's in the shed he takes care of himself when he views Mm -hmm. uh, the couple getting frisky yeah i bet you 48 hours earlier he would never would even contemplated that but he's gone so far down this road very fast and it's this weird like he knows that it's stupid i mean you see his expression you see what he does he's just like yeah i guess (sighs) might as well that's like how how dejected he is in the minute he's done he has like this weird shame kind of yeah i mean he has shame at the beginning even you know it's all this guy is just a walking guilt basically 
And that's what this movie is really about, how much a man can imprison himself and not take responsibility for something in the conventional sense, but takes responsibility and punishes himself by exiling himself and making a snowplow that's broken a prison. That's really the prison of his own mind. When you say yeah, madness, and I, and I, it's not madness in the sense of The Shining where he flips out. And no, but you can see it. There's little bits and pieces where he's just no longer who he was. Mm-hmm, you're right. I like this movie, but there's not a whole lot to talk about. How are you doing where you are right now? Did you hit the road? Is there a road? Uh, not a road uh, so much as I, it's, um, I, I think I might have blindness of the eye. You know, if you see too much snow, you get kind of like blind because I feel like I'm not only blind, but I'm hallucinating because I feel like I see a giant building. There's no way. No, it's, it's humongous. It looks like a studio. There's, out here in the middle of nowhere, there's just no way that that's here. But, um, all right, let's look at this. Uh, it even has a big ass sign on it that says, uh, Mall of America. What? Oh, crap. Um, I'm, I'm right by the Mall of America. That, that's, too, the, okay, look, you were up in Oregon, and then you took a helicopter to fly down to Texas, but you crashed on a mountain near the Mall of yeah. America. How did this happen? Well, that's what you get when you take drunken rodeo class flights, I guess. Either that or it's one of these <laughs> oh my God. crazy, hooky, time loop, bizarro things. Hey, that's like uh, that's like the devil's pass. These were nine experienced backpackers. You're telling me that they all got severe hypothermia at the same time on the same night. My name is Holly King. A buddy of mine said that we should make a film. This is where it happened. This is Dealove's Pass. We found footprints. The GPS is all screwed up. You must go low! No, Why can't we interview Peter Karab? He's dead. You believe what everyone tells you to believe? Who was that? Where's that door? Ah! Something's here. Oh, is that where I am right now? Oh my god, this isn't even really here. It's You're in Russia? Hold on, hold on. I, I smell pretzels. <laughs> You're not in Russia. I don't think that's a dream. I don't think hell, Devil's Pat, has Auntie Anne? Oh, I smell... Oh, is there an orange Julius? I see a sign for orange Julius. I'm going in. I'm going in. <laughs> should I go back, though? No. Uh, you sh- yeah. No, stay. Well, hold stay. on. Look, look. The only way that you should... Go- Are the mall hours right now, anyway? Yeah. Totally. Well, the, the sun's out. I mean, I'm assuming. Unless it's before they open. I don't even know how long I... I don't know how I am anymore. Is it even open? What are the mall hours right there? I mean, it should say. Ah... Uh, close. Oh, you're Damn screwed. It. Oh, keep walking. Where? We're out in the middle of nowhere. This is a place where everything is. It's a freaking roller coaster inside this building. There's nothing else! Well, I don't know. Maybe you can find a hatch. A hatch to open. And then maybe, maybe you'll... This place is huge. It's probably like back. a lab or something where they create things. I don't know. It's like, it's, like, it's like the mall version of the Clamp Tower in Gremlins 2. I'm pretty sure there's a secret hatches and whatever all over the place. You can probably buy a hatch and put it in your house. Okay. Hatches are us. All right. Well, you can't do that because it's closed. So the Devil's Pass. Do you know about the Dyatlov Pass incident in real life? Have you researched it before you saw this film? Uh, yes. My college graduate paper is on the Devil's Pass. No, I've never heard of this. What are you talking about? Okay. So the Devil's Pass is a real incident that happened. And some people say that it was a monster that did this or a bunch of aliens or did what? Massacred a group of nine hikers who were just hiking through this area called the Dyatlov... Well, 
and it's not called the Anything Pass at the time. They were just hiking through this area. One of the guys had the last name Dyatlov. So they call it the Dyatlov Pass incident now. Which is Russian for Alfred Packard. Uh, I mean, that was one of the theories. Uh, Yeti is one of the theories. Demons, aliens, uh, madmen, the military. So all of these theories are explored in this film, which is by Rennie Harlan. Shock. Shocking and horror that he made a movie that was worth a damn, because it's been a while. <laughs> it's been quite a while. So, But I will say this, it's nowhere nearly as good as the movie that has the theme song, Deepest Bluest, My Head is Like a Shark's Fin. <laughs> I don't know. I think they both have uh, somewhat wonky special effects when it comes to the CG monsters. Yeah, uh, yeah, the monsters look pretty bad. But it's uh, you know I have a problem with like shaky cam yeah, found footage. Yeah, I do, it's, it's and it's really fine hard. for the most most part until it gets to the hatch, and then it gets really like problematic for yeah. you. Yeah, I had to look away because I was getting vertigo. I, I feel like the, the genre is dead now. I haven't seen a found footage film in a while. There is another found footage film, which I'll mention right here. It's called The Banshee Chapter. Yeah. Uh, we watched Banshee Chapter and this movie around the same time, and we were impressed by both. Banshee Chapter, I think, might be the more impressive one. This one's impressive until you get to the wonky special effects villain things. This this genre is known for being basically a low-budget affair, so usually it's no-name directors, you know, a young up-and-comers, mm-hmm. but it's kind of interesting that a few of the bigger names have dabbled in this genre, because we had The Bay uh, from Barry Sonnenfeld right. and Rennie Harlan. Now, Rennie Harlan, of course, has been on the way down for a while. I've never seen a guy, though, fail upwards for so long. <laughs> like, it just seemed like for 15 years of these big-budget bombing, yet here he goes, another movie, another movie, another movie. And Devil's Pass is now he's helping kind of refreshing. Yeah. Hong Kong and China do their movie industry. Now he's the big guy over there, revitalizing their movie industry, which is, used, like you said, failing up. Now he's moved to a different market and he's playing to a different audience, and it's the, working yeah. There's for a him. lot of people like that now. You know, Dwayne Johnson's really focused on the Chinese market. Here's my problem with all that, and and I apologize if I sound like an '80s closed-off communism is evil rant but it's kind of strange that we are embracing there's all this art coming out of china which is pro china pro military and then they let us dabble in there where as of yet we're not really rah rah pro you know what i mean it's just strange it's two different flavors smashing up against each other well the star wars movies are not popular over there even when they shoehorn asian characters in the movies they don't care about star wars over there the Marvel movies, when they shoehorn Asian characters in there, they don't buy it. They are pandered to, and they get really cynical about it. At least these are from reports that I've read coming yeah. out of China about it. Like They're like, okay, yes. So there's extended sequence with a doctor saving Iron Man. This isn't, this isn't an Iron Man movie. This isn't a doctor drama. What are you doing? Like Over there, uh, they're even what? like that. You know, Iron Man 3 had him being saved with a experimental procedure to get the shards out of his heart and it was a chinese doctor yeah. who did that but it's just a small part and they they pad it for that audience yeah that's what they're doing with a lot of movies there is this crazy ass movie i can't remember the name of it all of a sudden but i saw john cusack and jackie chan and adrian brody and uh it's like roman warriors dragon up with chinese sword warriors. dragon something yeah something like that but the whole time i'm going what is john cusack even doing in this he's not even 
I, I know he knows martial arts, but this is ridiculous. I don't understand what's going on. And these actors are just trying to keep their career alive by, just like Rennie Harlan's doing, filming these movies over there. And this was right before money. he did any of that. So this was like the one, of, like the last low-budget feature that he did before that Hercules movie. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I don't hate that movie, by the way. Know? I don't hate it. I thought it was okay. Oh, okay. So Not great. So this is the last okay. thing he did before that Hercules movie. And after the Hercules movie, he jumped to China, and where he did a Jackie Chan movie with Johnny Knoxville. Uh, it wasn't good. You know, it actually wasn't very good. I, Johnny Knoxville no, I like isn't, both, but I didn't, yeah. isn't good at it at all, which, I mean, you would hope that he would be, but he's like, I'm not playing to an audience that cares about me. That's what it feels like when I saw that yeah. stuff. I was like, oh gosh, bad idea. So here, though, he does take care to set it up where a documentary crew is going to explore the Dyatlov Pass incident. And when they get there, things start to turn like they did for the Dyatlov Pass victims in the original case, things start to lead up ominously to their potential demise. And yeah, it happens. But things are weird. There's like a, a tongue in a call box. I don't know if it's a call box, but it's this box that's elevated. Put there by men. I think it's like flares or something are supposed to be in there. And there's a tongue found in there at one point. There are tracks coming to and from where they are, but then disappearing. Like the tracks end and there's no way that they could end. There's all sorts of mysterious stuff happening. And then there's also the personal paranoia, which is part of the theories about what may have happened. They could have gotten disoriented. There's a certain kind of natural magnetism in the, in the ore and the minerals around the area. So it could mess with your brains. All that stuff is explored in here and it's done rather cleverly. And then and they find a hatch, which have you found a hatch yet? Um, not really. I just see something that, oh, no, that is, that is stinky. I don't know what that is, but I'm not going near it. So like poo. Okay. Which is what these guys shouldn't have done. They should not have gone near it, but they did. They go inside this hatch and it ends up being a Russian facility. And it seems like it got blown up from the inside. It's all disheveled and it's science stuff going on and it's really old and then people get shot and killed and whatever and then there's wait wait what there are these lanky long weird monsters and they bamf in and out of existence like nightcrawler i did that right right bamf yep okay good and then it turns that our protagonists are possibly or actually the things that are bamfing it's weird it gets weird dude I'm yeah i gotta tell you i i failed you horribly i got so nauseous that i couldn't feel i, I couldn't I couldn't watch the last joke. Aww. It gets, I'm sorry! It gets weird, and it gets good, and I don't want to spoil too much of it, but the problem that he did have with it, and they talked about it a little bit, was the special effects. See, there's some production stills that are people as the monsters, lanky, weirdo monsters, and not CG approximations of the people but in the final cut it's cg stuff because they can jump in and out of frame faster and be manipulated i guess in a computer in the faster way that than the suit performers would so that's my my beef with the movie it's just special effects but i really like the movie considering how most of those movies are i've never been a huge fan of found footage films there's one and i know everybody shits on it now but blair witch scares the absolute hell out of me and it didn't really make me nauseous back then i guess i wasn't as sensitive to camera shakes but after that just everything seemed like it was just derivative of it and i didn't care there's so many of these found footage films I remember they were going to do a Friday the 13th found footage movie, and I was like, oh, dear God, no. Well, they already tried to do something with those elements in that stupid Halloween resurrection, whatever. Oh, yeah, I totally forgot about that. All all I remember that is from Buster Rhymes kicking open the door. Chook a treat, mother, blah, 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 blah. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Feather duster. (laughs) 
<laughs> that actually should be the plug-in for any of the feather duster. Should be that. Trick or treat, rubber ducky. Feather duster. It really should be feather duster. Not not feather duster. <laughs> Mother Hubbard, check your cupboard. That's ridiculous. But the, the next one, uh, I picked this last one because I, in in my incorrect thinking, was like, Alaska. Alaska's snowy. No, Alaska's just kind of cold. Yeah. And that's what this one is. It's just kind of cold. It's not snowy. And it is insomnia. They brought him in to solve an unspeakable crime. Detective Dormer, it's such an honor to meet you. I'm Detective Ellie Burr. Welcome to Night Mute. Someone out there just beat a 17-year-old girl to death. Your job is to find him. Doesn't say in the report that he clipped her nails. He washed her hair. No mutilation? Not this time. This guy, he crossed the line, and he didn't even blink. Police! What Detective Dormer doesn't know is that murder is only part of the plan. <laughs> Dormer, killing changes you. It's like awareness. Who am I speaking to? Sleep well. He will taunt you. You and I share a secret. We know how easy it is to kill somebody. He will torment you. Can't be easy after three days of no sleep. Are you seeing things yet? He will get inside your head. I have great respect for your profession. This situation isn't yours to control, Will. I took you ten minutes to beat Kate Connell to death. There's no evidence that I killed Kay. You only know it because I told you. Are you doing okay? I mean, you haven't been sleeping much, Detective Dormer. Another night up like this, and you're really gonna lose it. Now the game has turned deadlier than he ever imagined. This whole thing you're doing ain't gonna work with me. Don't worry, Will. You can sleep when you're dead. You know, I remember liking Insomnia way more than I did this time, and I'm not sure why. It, it just kind of just dragged on. And I was kind of bored, and I was just Well, why? Like, oh, why were you kind you know, of bored? I've, I've suffered from insomnia, like severe, crippling, I'm going insane, I want to kill myself because I don't think I'll ever sleep again, insomnia, taking a fistful of muscle relaxants to sleep, insomnia, and it goes on forever with Al Pacino's character, but at no point does he seem like he's barely hanging on to reality yeah i do, I do like, agree with oh, you that his tired. like her, his perceptions don't seem like they've shifted from yeah i'm fine which is what he always seems like yeah i'm fine to yeah. every little thing is irritating him he doesn't get to that yeah. point where it just seems like the irritation is real oh man i gotta tell you i get real bitchy when i haven't had enough sleep man i just get kind of like i'm gonna eat your face i mean i've already done that today but i mean just in hypothetical <laughs> not because you know Gosh. uh Again, nervous laughter. I'm glad you're not here. <laughs> I ate a dude's face. I'm sorry. It's just like everybody took the good parts, and I'm like, well, I guess I'll go for the ears and, I don't know, the cheek. I was not satisfied. I'm just... And I'm at a mall that is closed, and I don't know what to do, and I'm scared. And, and oh, what's it? Somebody's coming out one of the doors. I'm going to try to sneak in. Oh, wow. It's... Uh, SpongeBob SquarePants just walked by me for some reason. I think and, you're hallucinating. Uh, I think you are hallucinating. No, it, uh, oh, hey, uh, Ren's, okay, Ren's Dippy. What the hell's going on? I'm not hallucinating. I swear, I'm, I'm completely fine. There is a, oh, there's a Nickelodeon event. That makes a lot more sense. Man, Mall of America just feels like they have, I, do they even have a hotel here? 
It's like, why even leave? What? I don't know. I'm, I'm crazy, and I'm hungry, and I'm about to turn the Mall of America into the M-A-U-L of America. Uh, mall, don't, mall. don't do that. I don't, I'm not convinced that it's a mall. I don't, see, I don't uh, follow the logic of the helicopter path. Well, uh, the Mall of America has a funny spelling on this. I don't know why. I, did the city dump. Huh. I, uh, well. You're in a landfill? Huh. I think, you know, there's a disease if you eat human flesh and it kind of rots your brain. Yes, Even I know we, about we that. We are what we are. Kind of gives you a crazy. Usually thing. happens over on. prolonged eating of human brains. Are we sure? Or is it based on how much we've eaten? <laughs> I, I thought it was prolonged, but we, uh, wow, I'm not a scientist. Well, I did say Stan, but I also said that only half of the people who got on the helicopter are still alive. Gosh. And. Okay. Yeah, I might have eat some rotten road meat on the way here uh, while i was talking I probably well it was a broken open old can of dinty more don't don't act like i'm a freak show i'm not gonna eat an animal i mean it's just gross <laughs> i am a vegetarian only when necessary okay so robin williams Wait. is in this film as the villain who murdered a, a girl who was played by crystal Lowe, and i was like that's crystal Lowe, isn't it she's not got any speaking part in this at all she's just a corpse but yeah, that's her. Who? Crystal Lowe. She was in one of the... Is that a new low diet no, drink? No, no, no. She was in Black Christmas, my favorite 2006 remake of Black Christmas. She was in that as the snarky girl who drinks, the uh, Margot Kidder character in the first Man, one. I don't remember that movie at all. I remember hating that movie. The, you and I are on different... The remake? That movie. The remake's fantastic. Yeah, it's made by some X-Files I people. I hated it. And it's visually beautiful. The cinematography and everything is great. The acting is great. I think it's a bit hypocritical, though, that I hate a movie where a guy eats girls, considering what I've just done. Yep. Well, he doesn't eat girls. He he ate his mom. Anyway. He eats ears. Okay. Uh, who was played by a fantastic actress, who was also just recently on an X-Files episode in which she played a man and a woman, and she did an exemplary job. Fantastic. X-Files is back, remember? So you have Internal Affairs doing an investigation on both Martin Donovan, who is one of the cops sent up to Alaska, along with Al Pacino. And there's an accidental shooting. Martin Donovan's killed. Is he? This is also like... You know what's funny about all four of these movies is that they're kind of murder mysteries. Each one has some sort of like, what? Did he do it on purpose? Like, two of them have, did he do it on purpose? One of them has, he definitely did. And the other one is the military killing people or doing some junk. Huh, yeah. And that was unintended. We were just thinking about right. snow. Right, at no point, we were just talking about snow movies, you know. I'd, uh, hmm. I didn't realize that they would have that connection. Yeah, it's sort of a, a running theme of some kind of crime. Interesting. So, so Insomnia does have really good performances. It has subtle performances, especially especially Al Pacino's is very subtle. Yeah, he doesn't hoo-ah it up and devil's advocate it up. Good guy's an absentee landlord! Yeah, that's not Al Pacino at all. I think that might be the cook from Alice's place. <laughs> Kiss my grits! <laughs> And Robin Williams plays... I might have gone insane, I'm sorry. You have. Robin Williams has a subtle approach to his thing, uh, a a bit more menace and a manipulative type uh, menace. But uh, it's it's a different movie, and it's Christopher Nolan's uh, playing ball with a studio. You know what's funny is about Robin Williams is... And I'm not trying to besmirch him in any way whatsoever, because he's gone. But, you know, he's known for his comedic roles. 
And a lot of comedians take on these darker roles because it gives them something different to do with their career. But look at Robin Williams' face. He's kind of, he kind of has a face of extremes. Do you know what I mean? Like his chin, his nose, the forehead. He almost seems like a mask. Hmm. You know, like the way we watched all the slasher movies of the 80s. They always seem to have like either it was a blank face or it was like a jovial face. I don't know if you've ever seen uh, New Year's Evil, but it has a really jovial, happy face. Guy has a big smile. It looks like Dick Van Dyke. Yes, he does look but like But yeah. taking in a different aspect, that can seem creepy. And that's the way it works with Robin Williams in this movie. It's, he's wearing the mask of a normal person, but underneath there's this darkness, which sadly was true in real life. Yeah, it's uh, towards the end, it's believed that he had dementia and he didn't want to go through with life, the end of his life. I thought it was under, Parkinson's. Under dementia. I heard dementia, and so he took his own okay. life. Could be Parkinson. Could be both. I don't know. Yeah. So that darkness was more uh, like, like Farnsworth when he was... Farnsworth got an Academy Award, or nominated anyway. And he, after that, killed himself with a gun because he had cancer. And he just didn't want to have his family have to see him wither away and die in pain like that. So he did it himself. And I think... Yeah, Brian Keith did the same thing. I think that's the kind of thing that both Robin Williams and he did. And you said who? Brian Keith? Yeah. Way to bring this down to a somber note. Sorry. Insomnia is pretty good. I did not disenjoy it this time, but I wasn't into it the first time I saw it, so I liked it more this time. You're the inverse of that. You were into it the first time you saw it, but weren't so much this time. Right. Christopher Nolan is a mixed bag for me, seriously, because it seems like for every movie that I love, like, of course, I love the Batman series because I'm a huge friggin' nerd, but I also love the prestige and Insomnia, and that's like that chunk right there. Like, I really dig it, and I don't particularly get into Memento. I haven't tried Interstellar, and Dunkirk just looks like doll. I mean, just no interest. It's like, do I look like a 65-year-old retiree? Yeah. No. Well, yeah, it's not well Memento is the one that I championed, and I got friends in on, and they liked it, and now they're lifelong Nolan fans, whereas I'm like, I liked Memento, guys. You know? I still Yeah, well, Memento was a change in the... In the uh, yeah, filmmaking world is uh, it was the fresh maker memento the fresh yeah. maker <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's pretty good it's pretty good <laughs> i worked that one didn't Som- I? <laughs> sometimes your uh, your insomnia can can yield a funny joke there yeah well you know i just uh i can't believe we've gotten to this point and uh you know what I am not particularly sure any of this is real because I think I sustained a head wound and I just barfed in the hub of a broken down VW bug and there's a junkyard dog coming my way and I gotta go. Wait. Uh, so it turns out um, not at a mall, not on a mountain, not in a junkyard. I haven't eaten anybody's face. Are you gonna tell yeah, me that that dog woke, is your puppy? And she just she woke me up. I just I okay. So I got a new Blu-ray player. The door on it's really powerful, and I wasn't paying attention as I hit eject, knocking me right in the noodle. And uh, yep, that's all. <laughs> I think you just might have a soft head. What? If a Blu-ray ejection door thing will knock you out like that, I think you just might have a soft skull. Maybe. I mean, I was born six weeks early, so I don't think I was fully formed. Oh. Maybe. I don't know. I just... I've taken a lot of hits to the head. Honestly, I've had stitches put in my forehead. Many times I've had the handlebars of bikes rammed up my nose. and pay- Basically, my skull is held together by duct tape. I think maybe you need to go to the hospital and get that checked out. 
Again, why are we talking about snow movies in the middle of winter? Because we're sadists, everybody. I think that we should wrap it up by saying, we're sorry, we'll do a warm movie next time. We'll just talk about jungle movies or something. Something in the heat. Okay, sure, we'll do that. Okay. On that note, we'll say bye to everybody, I think. I mean, you, you should actually go to the hospital. I probably should. I think I just... Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry for laughing again at your pain. Good night, everybody. <laughs> bye bye, everybody. Got a milkshake. Well, I'm gonna have a monster poop later. Michael Gwumpy, does he need a nap in his baba? I'm sorry. The prison of his own mind. I'm gonna eat your face.